what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. The one and only shot under Willie Mack. This is Shreddy Breck, aka Mr. Clangin and Bangin. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Broken But Glorious Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host for this week, Nick Davey, and I'm delighted to be joined by what seems like a, a become quite the regular uh, occurrence, um, a great friend of the show, well, I should say, and, and regular and regular mem- member of the show, Stephen Jackson. Oh, thank you for having me again, Nick. Um, yeah, we're going to say we started off on there, uh, you know, Impact, and then we've talked about the SmackDown Six recently, and then you know we're getting into sort of the. It's, it's really nice to be going on more frequently and things. But yeah, thanks for having me again. I'm really looking forward to talking about everything what's gone on this week in the world of uh, wrestling, and there's been so much. Yeah, it's been quite a quiet week, hasn't it? Not much to talk yeah, about. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Always a pleasure to have you on, mate. Though, no, really, um, yeah, no, great to have you on this evening. For as I say, what should be a a huge show in terms of everything that's come out in the in the wrestling world this week. We'll try and cram it all in as much as possible uh, of what's happened. Um, as I say, no Chris Lappin this week uh, enjoying a, a very well-deserved, I, sh- I'm not, I didn't want to tell him that, but a very well-deserved holiday with his family. So hope he's having a great one. And um, and also Lance, sadly Lance picking up, uh, well, I mean, an ongoing issue with his teeth. Um, so I didn't have a great trip to the dentist this evening, I believe. So sadly, um, a podcast was a bit too much for our for our Playboy Prince of professional wrestling. So it means uh, me and you, yeah, again, um, again doing the show together. So um, as I say, I always joke about um, a lot changing your personal life, uh, but it's only been two weeks. So I like to think it's been quite a nice two weeks for yourself. No, no major life changes or anything like that. No, I've not. I've not retired, and I've not <laughs> had any strange tweets out or you know moved moved into a you know a new house or anything no everything's still <laughs> as it was we've just had the we've just had the heat wave which i uh you know survived last week here in the uk and uh that's been you know that's been it really i don't think there's been anything else other than just all the just like we were saying off air just keeping up with everything what seems to have gone on this week in the world of uh the world of wrestling it's just been one of those strange weeks where it seems like when you wake up and check your phone, something else has happened and then something else has happened, you know, trying to make sure that you've not, you know, missed anything else, you know. So, uh, so no, nothing in my, uh, my life, sadly. It might be next time I'm on, there might be something, but not this week, <laughs> to, uh, you know, to, to update you on. <laughs> so, yeah, you've had a, I suppose, you've had a normal two weeks then is, is the way to, uh, put it there. Like, like, like all of us boring people. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, it's um, as I say, uh, you rightfully said, huge week in wrestling. Only only one way we really can start because it's just impossible not to. Um, huge news on Friday evening there, so it was looking like just um, well, a normal resting day. I think everyone getting ready for SmackDown for Rampage, I guess. Um, and I think it was about nine o'clock UK time. Um, yeah, well, I don't know where it'll be. It's one of these sort of where where you, where you are moments, really, isn't it? Like where where you watched Brock, where the the streak ending, uh, where you watched I don't know um, 
I have a first championship for, for, for John Cena, anything like that, basically. But uh, um, John Cena was just the first wrestler that popped into my head there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Vince McMahon has decided to retire from wrestling uh, from there, from WWE altogether at the age of 77. It came out with a tweet. So, as I say, caught everyone by surprise. There was no sort of, as I was mentioned to you off air, no like company announcement that was going to be made. It simply came out. Vince McMahon tweeting that he is indeed retiring from WWE. And as I say, first thing that popped into my head was, I'm sure everyone else's, I never, ever, ever thought this day would happen in whilst he was alive. I simply thought that given his whole background, his passion for the industry and everything that goes with it, I really thought it was going to be literally until he was dead. He would be, yeah. uh, he would be in the job role, which I think was always his plan. We know... Obviously, loads of allegations have come out with Vince recently um, that obviously what are still ongoing, these investigations. Uh, so there's obviously that that has played a part. But, yeah, I, I guess, as I say, just absolutely in shock now, I guess. I think yeah, we've had a weekend that's passed. And, uh, as I say, where, well, I should say, where were you when this happened? But uh, what were your initial thoughts when this sort of when this news broke there on Friday evening? It was just... Bizarre. Like I just looked at my phone and it just said Vince McMahon re- announces retirement, and I was like, "What?" And then I saw the clip on YouTube, and you know, like it was like, "What?" I think I'm still kind of, you know, unable to take it in a little bit. I think because obviously we know how Vince McMahon is as an individual, or, or you know, we wouldn't. It's kind of what it is. One of those moments where I think it's still kind of trying to. Where only fans trying to take it in? Imagine being one of the people in the company trying to take in that, you know, like Vince isn't going to be there going for, well, he's still going to be there overseeing, you know, particular parts of the company, but not the head or not the CEO of WWE, which, you know, I mean, um, it's just very bizarre. And, and, and uh, a thing you never, like you said, you would never have expected Vince to have decided to hang up his you know hang up his proverbial wrestling boots during his life during his lifetime you know you wouldn't have expected exactly. it yeah. you really wouldn't um you know what i mean it, it, it's a very um strange situation as well in terms of you know like i, I mean obviously we know about the the allegations and things like that but what's interesting is is that there has been allegations and there have been lawsuits in the past which and you know like could have caused anything to have happened in Vince's career. So whether that's played a part in it, I, I don't know whether it's something to do with his age or whether it's to do with, you know, other issues. I, I don't know. But like, um, I think the whole thing as well, like in terms of putting out a, a tweet as well, is kind of a very, um, that's what was most bizarre about it. I think it's kind of like yeah. a moment, you know, that like, it's kind of very, um, it wasn't like a long, like, you know, you see these wrestlers or you see these, celebrities are these individuals putting out these like extended tweets which are across multiple sort of screenshots with a you know long document with a massive long you know like letter or something with this it was just a standard tweet out of you know standard 128 characters it was just so um to the point and matter of fact and yeah like it, it's a it's just very Un, literally unexpected. You would never expect it to have happened. It's so so bizarre. No, I, I couldn't agree anymore. And um, well, as I say, it's 
uh, I think as well what if like a normal person I don't know it, it, obviously yeah we all we all uh, think funny enough I was talking about pensions earlier uh, as a fun topic uh, I was like <laughs> oh yeah I'll probably be 65 when I retire looking at it and uh, uh, yeah and yeah maybe you might want to go and match you when the normal person retires yeah depending on obviously, obviously depending on their finances as a normal person you might some people obviously lucky enough to go and live on the golf course for the, for the rest for the range of their life etc some people like to have a pension top up to like do another sort of job um so as i say top up the pension um but yeah you're talking sort of your early 60s 70s but so when someone at 77 has decided to call it a day you wouldn't think anything of it you're like yeah good on them enjoy the rest of love but we just know Vincent Mann is not a normal person, and we just yeah. know that, that, as I say, with with the whole of his family background, his he's always come out and said in interviews that he would never plan on retiring. It, it was was just one of those ones where it, it was just it was just such a surprise because this, as I say, this was just a, a day that we all presumed would never happen, which just makes it so yeah so shocking. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's what that's what it is. I think I think it's kind of like it's a. It's a shock because it is one of those things we never would have expected to, you know, to happen. And I think this is where kind of the world of wrestling is odd as well. So like someone, for example, like this year, you know, The Undertaker was inducted into, you know, the WWE Hall of Fame and things. And you never would have expected. I mean, it was bound to happen at some point. But I think kind of the way it happened and like the way The Undertaker was in his actual like his interview and you know a lot more personable in that sense was different to what I would have expected and similarly like with Vince it's like kind of it's a lot more um I don't know just like I said just very matter of fact you know we know that Vince is very kind of you know um brash to say to put it lightly um (laughs) it seemed very kind of um you know understated for him in a way and I think it just kind of um has you know, brought out quite a few questions in terms of, you know, the, the interesting thing of, you know, where does WWE go from here? It's kind of, you know, a new, literally like a new era of WWE could be, you know, upon us in terms of, you know, Stephanie and, you know, Nick Khan kind of taking the taking the reins and things. I think it's um, definitely uh, something I would, like I said again, something I would never have expected to happen with Vince being, you know, Vince being alive, I think it's um, 40 years. I mean, 40 years being the chairman yeah. of a company, that's like, you know, you can't even sort of through like so many changes in his in his industry and, you know, growing to what he's built it to. It's just, it's so um, un, unreal in a sense, you know, and, and buying all of the competition and, you know, becoming monopolizing kind of the United States um wrestling industry to an extent in the 90s you know it, it, it's and the 80s you know it's very um like i said it's kind of a different way to have ended his tenure as the ceo's wwe than what i would have expected vince to have done but then again there may be some big you know SummerSlam might turn out, out you know out of the blue and they start with a giant parade a bit like 93 with you know coming <laughs> out on a a bit like Lex Luger situation, you know, who knows? But yeah, it's definitely something I would never have expected happening in, you know, as it did. Um, so yeah, huge news, huge news for the industry, you know, massive. Exactly. Well, the the huge news didn't really die down from there. Um, well, so I don't think it's been fully, unless I've missed something, I don't think it's been fully confirmed, but I believe there's going to be an acting CEO role for both Stephanie McMahon, but also Nick Khan. 
um, going forward. Um, I, I, unless I've completely missed it, but I think that's more speculation rather than being concrete evidence. But obviously, we saw Stephanie come out and smack down to make the, um, well, I suppose the announcement, but more to sort of thank her father, uh, getting a thank you Vince chance from the, from the SmackDown audience. So, um, yeah, I mean, with Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan, I mean, there's always the, sort of this, um, sort of, I suppose we always presumed when this day would come, more not in, as we say, obviously more in a more upsetting way. We presumed it would be left to Stephanie and Shane, but from what even more news is coming out about Shane McMahon, which, um, uh, which again sort of seems like he's pretty much done with WWE. Um, in fact, yeah, whilst we're on that note, so apparently it's rumoured that back at the Royal Rumble, when we know all about um, Shane sort of um, going a bit berserk in terms of how to how he was booking the Rumble, making him seem extremely um, sort of well, trying to put himself over in a ridiculous way by pushing Brock Lesnar to his limit. Um, we know how eliminating Matt Riddle. Um, there was obviously like yeah, a lot of the other producers described it as unprprofessional. Um, but apparently, yeah, Vince completely and utterly dressed him down and apparently in the heat of the moment told him, but yeah, that's your last chance with this company effectively. And apparently the rumours that, well, from what the back, the background sort of, and what everyone's saying backstage is, whilst it was harsh, it was justified, which, yeah, again, uh, is, again, that is simply just that as, rumours and backstage talk but yeah from from anyway moving on from that it does seem like it is going to be Stephanie Mann on one and Nick Khan as the other so I think the natural thinking there is Nick Khan will do more of the I suppose more of the technical side of stuff is the way to put it more of the sort of the admin the actual day-to-day runs of the business whereas Stephanie will be more involved I guess in the actual sort of um, product that we get um, yeah is my sort of understanding of that yeah I think um yeah she's more sort of the uh marketing and uh sort of public relations stephanie and whether she you know like her father has i mean she's been on television for um you know well coming up to two decades aren't she whether she will still be on tv regularly with her new role um you know we'll we'll see um but yeah i think nick will definitely be more of the you know business kind of economic side of it and then you know stephanie will be more of the um face of the the company going forward and the you know sort of PR side of it and the um you know driving the com driving the company as the um figurehead so in a in a visual sense as you know Vince did um for all that time and you know because obviously stakeholders have always been a part of since WWE you know became a public company and things had stakeholders but Vince has obviously been like the the figurehead and you know run the company essentially so I think that's how it will um it will pan out. And um, just just before I do carry on on the situation with Shane, uh, what you were mentioning, I think as well with, with that, um, he um, that could have been the kind of um, thing where it was a test in terms of, it could have been that this has been on the cards from Vince for a long time, and that could have been a test in terms of the Royal Rumble to see how he actually behaves. But the thing is, is that obviously that didn't, pan out how it should have done and you know with with Shane being involved in the company well in the wrestling industry and being of a generation what he is you know you you can't undermine talent when you are in a position of privilege in a sense of being you may be you know he may be the ages and things but you know even being in the Royal Rumble match he's not technically I mean obviously he's been in matches for however long but he he's kind of taking it a little bit, I'll say taking it a little bit too far, he's taking it too far to sort of, um, you know, 
expect to be able to get away with what he did. So, um, and I have faith in Stephanie as well. I will just say that as well. I have faith in Stephanie given, you know, um, her current, uh, well, the past few years and what's come out of WWE and her being more involved in the business from a, um, a figurehead perspective because she has taken on more than, um, over the past few years with Vince. He has wound down his, appearances on television and things like that. So I have got faith in Stephanie. So it'll be interesting to see what her, um, you know, era of WWE will be like going forward with um, with Nick Khan. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, well, one one player, one player, <laughs> one person that we've sorry, I've still got my football training head on. Um, one uh, person we've not mentioned as of yet is the good man Triple H. Um, so that was actually reported to be fair before this event on Friday. So there was all a good feel, good story. Triple H back in work. I know there was talk a few weeks ago when he sort of cared. Apparently, the quote was he came out and sort of said, "I'm back." Um, but nothing sort of film formally announced, but WWE did tweet earlier on the day that, um, oh, in fact, actually, I tell you a lie, I believe that might have even been, I'll tell you what, no, I'm getting myself, I'm getting my days mixed up, I told you, so it's all been a bit, um, <laughs> it has been one yeah. day after the other, yeah. I think on Friday it was, to- it was reported that Triple H was going to be resuming his, um, his role of, um, uh, talent relations so yeah. that was going to be back but then on monday sorry when the big news came out that um as of today triple h is now res- uh, is now going to be head of uh, creative so all responsibilities head of creative um is now triple h so my first view of that was i was sort of looking up to the sky going thank the lord this is one of the best wwe days I think in recent times, obviously, when I mean, I mean actual light of actual news that have come out there, <laughs> or live news rather than sort of stuff that's happened on the screen. So, um, I think this is excellent news. Really, one great to have Triple H back. Great that he's obviously fit and healthy. More importantly, above all, he's fit and healthy. Um, we obviously know how scary the situation was, which we've mentioned on the show countless of times. So, first of all, it's great to have him back, and great to know that he's he's fit and healthy. But yeah, I'm sure like every single wrestling fan, it, the excitement of him uh, taking over creative. We only know the words we're all going to mention is, oh, let's make it like the NXT uh, black and gold days because they were the best. As I still stand by, the best live show I've ever seen in my life was NXT New Orleans 2018, um, which was, in my opinion, sort of almost well, around the peak, I suppose we could say, of NXT or during that sort of peak period of, of just how great it was. So, Triple H, head of creative, I hope you do share my excitement. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's fantastic news. Um, I think Triple H, um, first of all, I'm just glad that he's healthy again after, you know, the scary had. And obviously, I think as well, we, um, the situation with his close friend, Scott Hall, passing away, I think, had quite yeah. a... Um, an effect. I'm just speculating, but I think that may have had an effect on certain things in terms of needing to take a bit of time away and just kind of get himself healthy and just, you know, come to terms with things maybe because obviously the click was so close and things like that. Um, but yeah, absolutely amazing news. You know, Triple H, um, his passion for the industry is, you know, no, well, he's so highly regarded by not just fans, but by the wrestlers who not only he's worked alongside in you know nxt but his peers as well you know and he um i mean i know he uh, there's a lot of people who were kind of saying oh well he kind of 
politically got himself into the situation he's in with, you know, marrying Stephanie and things like that. But he's he getting the role of head of creative, you know, it's fantastic because he has shown that he hasn't just been given an opportunity and kind of exploited it. I mean, like you just said, you know, the black and gold days of NXT were absolutely incredible. You know, that whole NXT, those NXT takeover shows, one after the other after the other, the talent who he was able to bring in, but also the way he, you know, booked the program and the way he created a whole brand himself, you know, and NXT was stronger than I believe stronger than Raw and SmackDown in terms oh, of not only yeah and like that great um you know Survivor Series uh match and things and that moment when they came out on I believe it was SmackDown with Triple H you know it's just a great new modern move for the company in terms of you know he can do it on a grand scale and he's been given the trust to be able to do that for for WWE and I think you know um a lot of um wrestlers in the I mean in terms of the head of creative for WWE as well in terms of the direction of um you know particular stars and particular people he'll be wanting to bring in as well being talent uh relations sorry executive vice president of talent relations you know we know he's got a good head for finding and scouting talent so the wrestlers he may bring in who he's been watching maybe will be exciting as well you know I think he um it's just fantastic news you know I think it's definitely um, a new era for WWE in, it's a one which I am excited. I never thought I would say I'm excited. I, I, you know, it sounds strange. Yeah, no, no, one, no, no, I am, not so. I am excited to see what will come of it because it is the changing of the guard in a sense. And it is a, they, they definitely will be, um, changes what will come and they'll be interesting to see pan out, you know, because again, this isn't a temporary change which are, are a, um, you know, a few months. This is a, you know, going forwards into a new era kind of change. You know, so it will, it will be. It is really exciting, and especially, you know, considering the landscape of wrestling as it is now. You know, with AEW and with New Japan and the Forbidden Door and all that kind of stuff as well. It'll be interesting to see how that plays a part in, you know, the um, WWE. What will come uh, going forward. Absolutely, and that, you completely, um, yeah, from what you said, so interesting because that was sort of when that announced, when that, on Monday, when that was announced with, well, yesterday, I don't know what I'm saying Monday, but, uh, <laughs> yesterday when that did come out, um, with the announcement about Triple H, just seeing my Twitter feed, it was people I, who I know who are wrestling fans, but obviously naturally watch, don't watch WWE more because, well, why the hell would they invest their time, um, watching a product that's, that's been garbage for, for a while? Um, why would they invest their time when you've got fantastic stuff like AEW, um, Ring of, well, Ring of Honor, New Japan Press, and even Impact have put on consistent shows like I've mentioned. So, and it, as I say, the mood in the camp was, it, it was, well, well, the Triple H is now in head of creativity. It could be like the black and gold. I'm back in. I'm back in. I'm excited. I'm going to be checking out the product again. So, um, which is what we want, and so I've been—I never have this argument of um, we want one product to be good and we want one product product to be rubbish. As wrestling fans, you want everything to be brilliant. You want to have—I've uh, always said WWE's—I thought needed a big rival, and AEW is certainly that. You want to have like um, moments, a bit like the, the moment when Cody Rhodes turned up at WrestleMania, amazing. A bit like the moment when well, Adam Cole, um, well Moxley, rather than AEW, yeah. you, want, you want to have all these moments where people are switching promotions or if they if they if they maybe they're not on a good run in one promotion and another company can quickly get them to be their top guy so 
it's exactly what we want. And um, as I say, just fingers crossed these days are not too far away. As I say, we we know it's not going to change overnight. We know it, obviously there'll be plans in place that we'd like to think there'll be plans in place probably for, uh, certainly up until SummerSlam, maybe up until the next pay-per-view Clash of Castle. But I'm sure we'll see over the few months sort of the dynamic will start to change and hopefully by sort of WrestleMania time maybe next year we'll have a we'll have a bit more of a stamp on on Triple H's sort of era I guess is the way to call it yeah uh, definitely we'll have more of a um, stamp on what he's going to do and I think you know the other thing as well with um, it's interesting you say that about um, fans who may have become lapsed but you know I think the thing with Triple H is that he um, is one of those stars of, he was one of those, you know, he's up there with, you know, Austin, uh, The Rock, Undertaker, you know, when, you know, WWE, uh, WWF at the time was at its most, at its hottest peak, you know, he was one of the huge stars who brought people in, you know, especially like his year 2000 run, which I still think is one of the best years anyone's ever had in the industry in terms of you know what it was producing so it, it he was able to gain the respect of you know people or fans and that sticks with people from that nostalgia perspective and you think wow you know what's gonna come from you know come from this you know and i think it will definitely be um if, if and again uh with his previous experience booking nxt and we know how amazing that was being given the reins of Raw and SmackDown and being able to and NXT from an uh, from a creative perspective, you know, it'll be exciting to see how that, um, you know, how he's able to sort of play into it even further with the added, um, you know, ability to uh, oversee those as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really um, exciting time for new fans, old fans like us, lapsed fans. Um, even casual fans who just like dip into, you know, particular, um, you know, shows throughout the year, like say, like, as we'll be talking about in a bit, SummerSlam or the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. I think it'll definitely, like I said, it's a changing of the guard and the time, which I don't think I would have expected happening, what, how it has and when it has, but it's definitely, you know, the right time for it to happen, I think, um, as it has been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, and I think yeah, you're, you're certainly not alone in that uh, in that view. One sort of final bit on this whole sort of um, changing of the guard. So again, this nothing's been sort of announced in concrete um, there, but there's rumours flying out that we're sort of well, and what I suppose we're hoping for um, is it seems like the Bruce Pritchard days of creative are nearing an end, and there could be a big uh, promotion in the in in, in the year. Well, in the ready for Paul Heyman. Um, so a talk that apparently him and Stephanie McMahon uh, have got a very good working relationship. They share the same sort of ideas and um, and whatnot. They both have a very good, well, as I said, they're very, they get along very well. Both got, um, as I say, similar perspectives of, of what they want uh, from a creative point of view. Um, so, as I say, again, all really good news for us wrestling fans. Well, especially if we, like we mentioned, actually, funny enough, two weeks ago of those SmackDown days of 2002, 2003, when Paul Heyman was the lead writer, and we know how great that was. So, again, more more good news. Yeah, it's, um, you know, fantastic to know that, um, you know, I mean, we know how incredible Paul Heyman has been uh, as a manager for um guys like Brock Lesnar and especially Roman Reigns and, you know, what he's been able to do to help him develop his 
um, persona and make him the biggest star in the company post, you know, John Cena. And, you know, as you mentioned, him and Stephanie have a great professional relationship. You know, I watched the Paul Heyman documentary and, you know, heard about um, her and Stephanie and Paul working together, especially well, they started together in like the invasion and then it sort of went from there, obviously, into like the SmackDown six days. And then, you know, um, he was then backstage, um, doing a lot of like producing and stuff like that and talent development and SmackDown, sorry, on SmackDown. Um, so it'll be again a great thing. I think, I think that's the thing. I think, um, it's much like a, um, situation where you want to, uh, because you were saying then about football in a sense, but like with Stephanie and, Triple H coming into power, I say into power, but being given these positions, they know the people who they can trust to be able to do the jobs well, what they want them to do and the opportunities what are there because there is a tendency, you know, it's fine having a guy like Bruce Pritchard doing a role, but, you know, they can become comfy and, you know, they can, when you know someone very well and they've got a, you know, a, pulse on what's happening especially someone like Paul Heyman it definitely gives you a a fresher perspective on what's happening so it could be as well that Paul is the first of many people we'll see coming to you know WWE who they've worked with previously or you know um they've been wanting to work with for a while who can come in to uh develop things I mean I, I just before we do carry on but I mean look at uh NXT with like Triple H you know brought Shawn Michaels in you know, he had Sean Waltman coming in. He had, um, you know, the guest seminars. He had guys like, um, you know, Scott Hall coming in. Um, and he had Dusty Rhodes, who sadly, you know, has passed, well, passed away a few, like 2015, didn't he? But he had a major part in NXT as well. But I mean, like, they know the people who work well with them on a, per- who they get on with on a personal level, but you know, can bring out the best in a professional level as well. I think Paul is definitely one of those guys who Stephanie will have wanted to work with for a long time. And from a sort of perspective of leading a company, he's a, he might have made not a business perspective. <laughs> Thanks for she's got Tony Khan there. To, sorry, not Tony Khan. She's got Nick Khan there to help her in terms of the running of the business. We've all heard about the bounce checks and things like that, you know, so maybe that's not wise. But in terms of being a figurehead for a company and leading a company and being a voice of a company and, you know, um, being a, a, a visionary for a company, he's definitely somebody who is a great person to have behind you in terms of motivating talent and motivating people and getting the best out of the people who are around you. Um, so, yeah, so, again, another exciting time in terms of, um, you know, possibly Paul Heyman coming into a new position, which, you know, he thoroughly deserves after working so hard as well over the past however many years it's been. Absolutely, and um, I think there's just such a, a feel-good sort of factor almost at the moment about uh, that there. I'm just hope that it's it's just nice, really, isn't it? Usually, it's always doom and gloom with WWE, especially over <laughs> sort of well, especially over the sort of the um, the COVID sort of um, era. It's not been a great sort of time for the uh, in terms of being a WWE. I don't want to go down another sort of um, a discussion about sort of um, stuff they've done wrong, but it's it's not been a company people have really enjoyed watching over the years but, but just in a creative sense but 
also in a moral sense as well of all the releases etc um it, it it really hasn't been that um it really hasn't been sort of just that enjoyable to get behind but it does feel very much like there is the mood in the camp has completely changed as of last friday there is that general excitement so just fingers crossed as i say they do i suppose they trying to word up another to go, go with another cliche there at the top of my head <laughs> waving with the excitement there trying to i'm not going to that many football cliches on me tonight i'm still trying to, i'm still knackered from football training myself so um but no bottom line very everyone very very excited yeah, definitely. Let's just hope it's not a swerve at SummerSlam and that Vince comes out and he suddenly wins the WWE Championship and uh, you know he says it was all a big lie, you know, and that he is gonna you know suddenly um, come back and you know reign as the WWE Champion for you know <laughs> like eight years and until until he does pass over and then you know Bruno San Martino's eight year reign as the WWE Champion, which has stood for like sixty years, is suddenly you know defunct and null and void, you know. <laughs> Exactly. I, I I did not want to go down a conversation yeah. of always oh, work. No, I did, not, I did not want to go down that route. So, yeah, I mean, usually you try and cling on to the is it a work if Sykes gone wrong, like when Moxie left WWE. Oh, is it a work? But yeah, when it's something that's really good happen, I think you try and just say that this is real life stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it is great news. That's just me being uh, you know, <laughs> take, just trying to yeah, trying trying to kill my joy. No, I'm joking. No, no. <laughs> absolutely not. Mine as well. I'm happy as well. Yeah, as you've heard. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, it's just so nice to have a bit of yeah positivity to start off because usually when we're going through the news, it's sort of it was sort of oh, how depressed can we get really before we start the show? But uh, no, all positive there, and as I said, we'll, we'll continue with WWE to, uh, right at the end when we um, go with the SummerSlam predictions for for this, well, for this coming I was going to say Sunday, but this coming Saturday. Um, before we move on to the SummerSlam predictions, so um, it was a um, yeah, there was a, a really good wrestling show as well amongst this whole weekend of carnage in terms of news coming out of everywhere. Um, um, great wrestling show on Saturday evening, I believe it was. I actually watched the show on Monday though, so I think it was Saturday morning, uh, Saturday morning, Saturday night um, of um, Death Ring of Honor, Death Before uh, Dishonor. It was Saturday night. Uh, just want yeah. to confirm. Put going through my notes there. Um, yeah, no, Death Before Dishonor. So it was the first official show under, or first official pay-per-view under the Tony Khan era. And um, I personally thought this was this was brilliant. Really good show. Um, as I say, I've never actually watched a um, Ring of Honor sort of pay-per-view before. So I guess, yeah, there's this bigger one for yourself, really. I mean, could you tell there was obvious differences? Did it feel more like an AEW promotion or did it feel, yeah, we're right in the whole Ring of Honor sort of um, time again? Because I say, for me, I couldn't really tell you that certainly did seem different to the AEW in terms of product, not just because obviously with the commentators were different or anything like that, but it did kind of have a little bit of a, a feel. As I say, you'll be more of an expert than me on this. Yeah, um, it was, yeah, once again, like you just pointed out, you know, a great show. Um, the only, I could definitely tell there was differences with the presentation. Um, so like the actual, although like the production values when Ring of Honor was part of Sinclair had been, you know, amped up from the early days in, um, you know, at the independent scene, it definitely felt more um, like the staging and just the way the ring was uh, laid out with like the, um, like the uh, barricades and stuff. It, it felt more like um, sort of like AEW layout and things like that. You could tell it was kind of a traditional sort of 
AW layout and just the um, little things like the lighting and stuff. Um, but it's still, it, I mean, if, again, this is the thing a bit like we always talk about like um, like TNA, now it's impact going through transitions. Like Ring of Honor have been through several t- transitions throughout its history, you know. So this is a, just a new, you know, transition slash regeneration in its, you know, 20 year history um you know we've gone through the original indie era to then you know the sinclair era um and now we're in the sort of aw tony khan era um it definitely felt more of a um of a wrestling show in terms of i enjoy and because i am a lifelong ring of honor fan you know i did watch the show and i did enjoy it there were some things what i um I was disappointed about, but they didn't detract from the show for for many. It was just from me maybe being more of a fan, but I will get into those. But I will say that um, I think all of the um, like the wrestlers who were able to come on were great. It was great to see guys like you know um, Russian Dragon Lee who had a fantastic match. You know who'd worked as you know because they are brothers. They just you know tore the house down. I thought that match was fantastic. Um, I thought the FTR Briscoe Brothers main event again absolutely phenomenal and a little factoid for people who you know a, a Ring of Honor you know for my as we were talking a fair Nick about Ring yeah. of Honor in my knowledge yeah. it was actually um, I believe so Death Before Dishonor 2004 so about 18 years before the main event of Death, Death sorry Death Before Dishonor 2 was the Briscoe Brothers against Colt Cabana and CM Punk in a two out of three falls match in the main event for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. So then 18 years later, that was the main event of this show. So that's an interesting little factoid for people that 18 years later, the Briscoes are still in the main event and in a two out of three falls match there. So, uh, so a little, uh, little there you nod there to history. Yeah, which I thought was nice in a way. I think that was kind of a con, that's what I was going to say as well. I think you could definitely tell that Tony Khan is a fan of Ring of Honor. You know, yeah. he, he appreciates the legacy of the company and what he wants the company to be. Um, so I thought that did come through because I know that Sinclair kind of, it felt more like a distance in terms of for a lot of people who didn't feel like Ring of Honor. Now, I don't know whether actual Ring of Honor fans, I'll say other thing, Ring of Honor fans will feel the same as what I do about it, that it was a transition or this is a transition. But um, as you just pointed out, this is the first time you've seen a Ring of Honor show. Um which is great, you know, because Ring of Art, this will, the thing is, this opens up, um, fans to go and look at the archives of Ring of Honor, go and see the work of, you know, Claudio Casagnoli or the Briscoe brothers or, you know, Light Rouge, who was Samoa Joe, Jay Leaf, you know, it, it opens up those doors, what people have been, you know, have missed out on. Um, and I think in terms of the only thing what I did find I wasn't, happy about but this is just a personal thing just because i am a fan of him i feel that i would have preferred the main event to have been the jonathan gresham and claudio castagnoli match just because it was for the ring of honor world championship and it felt like with it i kind of got the idea of it coming out first and it was kind of like a surprise and it got the crowd pumped and it was exciting um but for me i kind of just because i am such a fan of jonathan gresham and claudio castagnoli and just because of the prestige of the Ring of Honor Championship, I would have preferred that to have been the main event. But it really was kind of, you know, a, a, like they said on commentary, a coin toss. Do you go with that as your main event or do you go as the Briscoe Brothers and FTR? Because they both were huge matches, you know, so you couldn't um, kind of decide. But I would have 
put the world title match as the main event just from personal preference. Yeah. Um, but I think it was a, I think it was a great show. You know, it was one of those, it was a really easy sit through. It was a great wrestling pay per view. And, and that's the thing. I think we know that AEW produced fantastic pay per views and this felt like a really great pay per view, you know, and, and it felt like a show which has a lot of, um, there was a lot of things in this show which would go into future shows and kind of, um, you know, started the new era of Ring of Honor in the right way. You know, it didn't feel like kind of um, anything was a part. Nothing made me think, oh, there isn't any hope or oh, it isn't, um, you know, going to be a positive thing now that Tony Khan's bought it. It felt like it was an exciting fresh start for Ring of Honor after it had kind of been bogged down for a lot of years from people not being able to watch it or not wanting to watch it or it being hidden away. You know, I think people really are going to be invested in it because of the influence of AEW and, you know, like the Combat Club, Blackpool Combat Club and, you know, like FTR and, yeah. um, you know. So, yeah, I, th- I thought it was great. You know, I mean, that's just my roundup of, of that part of it. Um, but I, yeah. I mean, about you for your first taste of kind of ring of honor and the style and things like, was it what you expected? Was it different to what you thought? What did you think of it? Yeah, of course. Well, there's four matches in particular. I want to focus on, um, they're more, not just more, more because yeah, the, yeah, I suppose they were the, the best, but also the most important sort of style of matches. But yeah, no, overall, I thought it was very interesting with the opening of, as you say, with, Claudio um, Castanoli against Jonathan Gresham um, for the title. Really, really solid opening match to the show, obviously, as, as expected, but it was a very good sort of opening to the show as well. It was sort of that sort of fast pace that you like for a start of the show. But I thought it was quite a cool sort of way they did about it. They flipped the coins to see who goes first or last. So is that always been a Ring of Honor thing, or was that just a simply a one-off thing just for this show? Because I know they were the commentators seemed very confused. Um, I, why. That's a... a um like a one-off thing, but there have been instances in Ring of Honor's history where, um, well, I mean, the the World Tag Team titles have always had a special precedent in Ring of Honor for, you know, main event in many shows. And I think um, just because the previous match between FTR and the Briscoes at Supercard of Honor was so well-received that with this being the rematch, it kind of had to go as the main event because this was basically, you know, a massive draw for this particular show. I mean, Claudio and Jonathan Gresham, just because I am a big fan of him, I would have preferred that. But from a business perspective, you have to put the FTR Briscoe match as the main event. Um, that's just a kind of, that's just kind of a given. Um, but yeah, it's not an off day. It's not a thing what happens in Ring of Honor in terms of the coin toss. But I did like that though. I liked how they didn't know and, and Ian Riccoboni and, uh, and Caprice Coleman did really well on commentary to kind of get that across, you know, because they were great on commentary. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, as I say, for the first match, I thought it was um, yeah, really good opening match. For happy for for Castanoli, um, yeah, and and for the for the Blackpool comment. What I was going to say, interesting that's come out of this now is um, apparently Jonathan Gresham is now done with um, well, not just with 
AEW and Ring of Honor, but he's done with wrestling from what I can gather. I know he's officially has left Ring of Honor. That's all concluded. But rumor has it he's now actually decided to jack it in altogether with wrestling as a whole. So um, really disappointing news. I've only really kind of got introduced to Jonathan Gresham this past year. Uh, did a bit of work as well in progress this year. Became the progress champion. Uh, did some brief work in impact as well this year. So um I thought sort of Sky was quite high of him. He was looking very um, like he was going to sort of move into a bit of a um, bit of bit of AEW work as well. Um, just recently turned here, as we know, it looked like he was aligning himself with Tully Blanchard, who's also apparently now done with AEW as well. So um, yeah, quite quite interesting there. I don't, I don't know whether if he is just simply wants a break from wrestling, uh, which is completely understandable. Um, but, yeah, a bit disappointing news. So, um, to yeah. kill the mood a little bit, as we were uh, very sky high on. It, it's a shame for me, given that I am a, a massive fan of his, and I've watched him for a long, long time um, in Ring of Honor and on the independent scene. Um, I think, I know there's been reports of certain things happening backstage and, you know, things like that going on with uh, Jonathan Gresham and Tony Khan. Um, I, all I will say is that um, I know that. Jo- well, one one thing about Jonathan Gresham is that um, he did a massive job during COVID of bringing a lot of people, especially during those dark days where literally there was no wrestling really, and they were you know having to um, you know do their best to look after the talent with Ring of Honor during the COVID era. Um, he did a massive job in terms of bringing back the pure championship, which uh, Wheelie Utah is the current the current champion of um, in Ring of Honor, and and growing the brand up again to a to an extent where you know it is now in a sense, even though it's been bought out by Tony Khan. So I think whether there's been some kind of disgruntlement in terms of you know where things have gone, or whether like you said he's burnt out and he needs to take a rest, or whether something else has happened, I, I don't know. Um, but it is a if he is done with wrestling, it is a true shame because he kind of, I, for, for me, I, I think he's the, you know, and, I, and people do kind of, I do surprise a lot of people, but I do think he's the best technical wrestler in the world. He reminds me very much of a of a Dean Malenko of like WCW sort of cruiserweight vibes, you know, like he can just do anything and wrestle anybody and it's all about the way he, you know, works in the ring. I mean, this match with Claudio as well, you know, the size difference played very well into this match, what I think was a great thing, and the sort of strength and the, um, like, the psychology of it is something he does really well. Um, so it is a shame if it is the last, for now anyway, of Jonathan Gresham. Let's hope he comes back in the future in some shape or form. But, um, but yeah, strange situation in AEW. You know, it's kind of like there's been reports coming out about different things, which kind of contrast WWE. So again, it could be a kind of changing of the guard of, uh, you know, some people who are in AEW might suddenly jump to WWE or who knows what's going to happen. You know, again, it's a very interesting time in wrestling as a whole, really. Yeah, absolutely. And um, a couple, another couple of matches there was um, Wheeler Utah beating uh, Daniel um, Garcia. Uh, which was a pure wrestling rules match for the uh, RH Pure Championship, which I love the, um, uh, the the rules there for that. I thought that was a, a really good match, and again makes that Ring of Honor a bit more unique because I know there's a lot of arguments out on sort of social media going, well, it's just another AEW, which is I can kind of get, um, but obviously doing stuff like this does keep it a little bit more like it, it, it is Ring of Honor and it, it, it is not AEW. Um, 
So and it, and but also equally, I did. It does also. We've seen the feud with sort of the Blackpool Combat Club and the Jericho Appreciation Society on there. So um, it was nice that. I think it was also nice that this they were allowed to just focus on these two having a really good match as opposed to making it all about the um, the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. If that makes sense. I think they kept the references quite minimal there, and it was just focused on rightfully on these two competitors there and, and, and equally as well with Mercedes Martinez against Serena Deep, which was apart from the main event the longest match of the night which um which was very interesting actually it didn't really feel like that which um when I was watching it um admittedly I was watching this whilst working so um hmm. I, 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 well, yeah <laughs> I do hope they're not listening to me my employees um, but, <laughs> um so but it, it was uh yeah I, I thought um again like like that again we've seen not sort of had them having AEW sort of work as well so um again it, it, um, that was also a really good match I thought yeah um I think that was one of the things I was going to say was that um Ring of Honor did another great thing during covid of kind of or, or the past year before they were bought out of bringing up the women's division and i was worried that the women's after they'd done such an amazing job of developing this great women's division if it was going to kind of continue and this match was just you know fantastic um the um the german suplex spot from the corner um like where she rolled and you know landed into the um she did the German suplex, but then she put a body into the turnbuckles. Um, that was just like, I love stuff like that. That's the kind of thing I love in Ring of Honor, where it's just that kind of inventiveness of, you know, using every part of the ring to, you know, just get across a match, but also it plays into it. And just the, the fact that, you know, a lot of, um, women's matches sometimes can feel, um, and again, this is kind of not so much like, uh, AW was sort of more dependent on who's in the matches like WWE but they kind of sometimes can feel like they're not really uh, going fully at it hammer and tongs whereas in this it felt like it was a proper full out you know technical battle and a fight and you know the respect at the end with you know and that's the other thing that you know the shaking of the hands and you know like the code of honour being adhered to that or something as well which you know you talk about things that are different in Ring of Honour as opposed to AW you know, regardless of whether you're a face or whether you're a heel, you know, you you shake your opponent's hand from a level of, um, you know, sportsmanship. And, you know, that, obviously, Daniel Garcia um, flipped the bird at Wheel Utah, which immediately, you know, makes him a, a heel kind of thing. So, again, that level of sportsmanship and level of respect plays into the, you know, ring of honour um, philosophy as opposed to kind of like an AEW, which, again is part of the legacy of the company, which, you know, thankfully is still relevant now. Um, and one of the things I love about Ring of Honor from a personal perspective is the, the Code of Honor. I just think it adds a level of legitimacy compared with other promotions where it feels like sometimes, you know, the handshake can feel a bit kind of like part of the, um, I don't know, sort of... Uh, like it's more for a storyline perspective as opposed to part of the actual uh, a sporting contest. Do you know what I mean? Whereas all of the showing of sportsmanship here in this show all felt legitimate because everyone did put on, like you said, a fantastic match and they were legitimately, you know, shaking the hands of their opponent because they had a great contest, you know. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, one match I actually did almost forget to mention was um, Samoa Joe against Jay Lethal. Um, Samoa Joe winning by submission um, for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. Really, um, I know the, the feud for this has been going on for a fair bit of time now, more since sort of Joe sort of showed up. Well, more sort of since that WrestleMania weekend. So um, when obviously Ring of Honor had the show on the Friday, um, this has sort of been going on since then. Um, so uh, April, where are we? Yeah, so about a few a few months now, um, and yeah, um, yeah, I thought I thought that was also a really good match, and just yeah, nice to see Joe competing again. I know we'd not seen him on sort of TV for a while, whether he was sort of I know he can be quite injury prone, Joe, so whether they're sort of just trying to manage his schedule, um, but yeah, really really enjoyable match this as well. I thought between two. Uh, I'm, I'm hope I'm right in saying two proper Ring of Honor originals. Yeah, um, yeah. two former two former Ring of Honor um, world champions, and oh, uh, yeah, um, you know, and two former Ring of Honor. Um, I believe Small Joe, when, well, Jay Lethal, I believe he was a pure champion as well. So they, um, yeah, I mean, what's interesting as well in Ring of Honor uh, history. Um, Samoa Joe, sorry, Jay Lethal was actually Samoa Joe's protege years ago from like when he first started in Ring of Honor. So there's a lot of history in terms of them in a Ring of Honor perspective and like the legacy of Ring of Honor and stuff like that. So it was definitely, and, and you know, obviously they've been in TNA together and they've had many matches and you know, you knew you were going to get something special. And you know, Jay Lethal's one of those guys who he reminds me very much of like a Jerry Lynn in that he's just able to just always have a great match with whoever he's in the ring with and he's just like so smooth in what he does. And again, in this match, you know, him and Joe just kind of, you know, went out hammer and tongs, you know, the, the uh, Uranogi in the corner. Um, the Coquina clutch, um, the, you know, the lethal injection, which is just, he does to perfection as Jay Lethal. It, it just felt like a really great, um, you know, one of those, you know, like one of those just great championship matches for like the world TV title. And, you know, I think it was definitely a showcase for Samoa Joe as well after, like you say, not being on TV for a while to show that he can still, you know, deliver on a big stage, you know, semi main event of, you know, this particular pay-per-view. Um, so, yeah, so another great match. No, absolutely. And um, I will, um, for, I just, yeah, for, I was going to leave, leave this one as I thought to the end of our mini um, sort of review of the show. Um, and it is my, without a doubt, my match of the year um, in any promotion so far. FTR beating the Briscoe Brothers 2-1 in a two out of three falls match. Oh, my God, this was absolutely outstanding um it had a bit of everything as well you had a sort of great tag team wrestling you had bruce all sort of wrestling it was just absolutely it was just 43 minutes i believe it was of just total brilliant of a um of two incredible tag teams and what sort of sparked up a little bit of a debate in um, a group chat i'm in is best tag team in the world today so there was people saying um well sort of people just sort of chucking in sort of top fives but I think the general consensus is the two gentlemen that won FTR, in my opinion, they are the best tag team uh, that are alive today. We're so lucky to have them um, as fans and they are just absolutely incredible, aren't they? And it was, yeah, yeah it was just, as I say, without doubt, my match of the year um, in any promotion. Yeah, I mean, you know, these two, 
I mean, if you thought this match was great as well, you need to see the first match. So any, anyone who yeah, no, to, I, I still haven't seen that, but I yeah, have I was heard. Say, I have heard that was amazing. Yeah, uh, um, but I think from what people are saying, this one was. Well, I hope it was, and maybe I'm just sort of leaning into that because I hadn't had the luxury of seeing the first match. But people <laughs> were saying this was a little bit better in terms of it was longer and yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, again, flipping of a coin. I, it's a bit like uh, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, 25, uh, 26, right, yeah, you know, it's yeah, literally yeah. which is your fit. I just think they're, they're both great, but they're both different matches. Um, but yeah, this was, and I completely, just before I do say about this match, but yeah, I completely agree. FTR, hands down, best tag team in the world today. Versatile, great promos, champions in three different promotions, across three continents that's like unheard of um able to wrestle anyone any team anywhere uh charismatic and just absolutely fantastic and like in the ring i mean like they're just the the you know we were talking about like the smackdown six the other day and like you know tag team wrestling and stuff like this this like two out of three falls match is why i love professional wrestling you know this is like you know just the psychology of this match and the time and the pacing and the the drama and just the um I mean the Briscoe brothers as well in terms of you know their legends in Ring of Honor Ring of Honor Hall of Famers now um recently became Ring of Honor Hall of Famers earlier this year um you know so they're like the you know the creme de la creme of Ring of Honor it's like they're you know backyard in a sense and you know the FTR will come in you know even though they're the champions but like just the I think just the fact that, you know, sometimes there's that thing where some te- well, some wrestlers kind of, you know, in terms of like going easy on one another or like kind of, you know, um, not doing particular things because they want to make sure the opponents are, you know, safe or, you know, there were so many things in this match which kind of just felt like a, felt like a fight, but just like that classic kind of, you know, actual wrestling you know what i mean where it felt like they were actually going at each other it felt like it was legitimate it didn't feel like a sporting contest you know um and just like the chemistry between all four of them was phenomenal and the the ending and again like the handshake at the end just you know the respect shown between them because it it i mean it, it is without doubt you know one of if not the match of the year by far you know i mean it it's uh you know, a classic uh, tag team match, um, and I urge anyone who's not seen this show yet to buy. If you're not interested in anything else, just watch this show for this one particular match because uh, you know you'll see what the. If you've never seen the Briscoe Bros before, you'll see how great they are. But if you want a reason as to why FTR are the best tag team in the world right now, one of the best of all time, I might add as well, because I believe they are. Then. This is the match you need to see. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. I, th- I thought this was, you know, you can hear from what I've just said, but I just thought it was absolutely phenomenal. And a great, you, you can, I think this is the thing is, although I wish that Jonathan Gresham, Claudio Casagnoli had been the main event from a personal perspective after seeing this match, I'm just so happy that this was the main event because what a match to end the show on. Like this was just outstanding. Well, you know. see, 
I do get, I, I mean, this is where I'm sort of going to argue with myself here. Um, I'm always under the sort of impression that, yeah, I think a main, um, if you are wrestling for the world championship or the main championship of promotion, yeah, that probably should close the show. However, I was all instantly sold going, oh, that's well cool. They flipped a coin before when I've not heard of that sort of logic before going into the show. I, like, oh, I really like that. But also for me, I'm always going to be a little bit biased towards tag team wrestling. Um, um, but, and then technically that is a world championship it's the world tag team championship so if that is the the match that most people are looking forward to if that is developed the biggest sort of rivalry going into it I think it's a great show and I would love to see maybe other promotions sort of do this going forward if you've really got you know like for instance even in fact in WWE at the moment um the best sort of match I'm probably looking forward to SummerSlam is probably, well, funny enough, we'll get into that in a second, but is the Usos versus the Street Profits. I mean, if they were to, to turn around and actually put that as main event in, well, I think that would be a bit of touch of genius, to be honest. And it would also, um, it would also sort of reignite the, the disaster that is the, the tag team division in WWE. I'm just using that as an example, but yeah. no, I, I, I did enjoy, I've got no, issues at all and in fact this actually made me enjoy the show even more because it felt a bit more unique with the, tam- with the tag team championship um, main event but again that's probably a little bit of bias on my part because I that is my favourite part of wrestling tag team wrestling so well you know the other thing as well just before we do get into the SummerSlam predictions but Ring of Honor's tag team championships as you just pointed out you know they were have always been you know uh, seen on par as the as with the singles Ring of Honor World Championship. So it's like, you know, and many Ring of Honor pay-per-views have been main evented by Ring of Honor World Tag Team matches. Um, you know, and, and there's famous examples and famous shows what have been main evented by, um, you know, not just World Tag Team matches, but Tag Team matches in general, you know. So I think it kind of, you are right in that, you know, they are, they are World Tag Team championship uh well sorry world tag team championships and they have equal billing as the world championship um and again you know this match was um i think it was one of the they always say like you know over delivering and this just you know i think even over delivering is kind of an understatement in terms of what this match produced i think it was just uh you know an outstanding you know contest and like I said, arguably, you know, one of, if not the match of the year. Um, just, uh, what a way, like I said again, just what a way to end the show. You know, I don't think you could find a better main event tag team match if you, you know, tried, really. Um, yeah, I just thought it was such a great end to a really fun show. No, yeah, ab- absolutely. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll finish on then on the um, SummerSlam predictions. Um, so, yep, it is SummerSlam this weekend. Now, a bit of controversy, as you call it, that going into this is, well, this is before the whole uh, the announcements of last Friday came out, that the higher-ups in WWE weren't happy with the card that was put together. Um, so... Yeah, why creative are saying that then <laughs> is anyone's <laughs> guess. Um, but, um, yeah, rumours that they weren't too happy of the car put together. I mean, um, it's not the best, I will be honest, but there's some, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll go, as I say, I'll go through this match by one. You don't, we don't have to do a massive, um, preview about it, but a simple, a winner is what usually we do on the, on the prediction shows or, uh, there. So I'll start off with, there's a match that was added on Raw last night, a no disqualification, a no disqualification tag team match, uh, the Mysterios 
versus the Judgment Day, Priest and Balor. So it was, for a bit of context, this it was Mysterio's um, 25th anniversary. So a quick nod to Rey Mysterio, 25 years. Actually, it's had it like 20 years, so so he's not that old. 20 years in <laughs> WWE uh, there. Uh, I don't know why I said 25. 20 years in WWE, so. But, um, yeah, it was wrecked by the Judgment Day. They attacked Ray and Dominic uh, backstage in front of their family um, there. So um, we've got this um, tag match. I think we're going to get, in my opinion, a Judgment Day win. But I reckon we're going to see a shock return of Edge. I think all these... Uh, the, yeah, these video packages we're getting on Raw, and uh, I think it's going to be a return of Edge at something to do with this. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know definitely been playing into a you know a, a return, and it may be Edge, you know whoever it, it could be. I mean, Peter, some I read online about possibly Bray Wyatt. You know, you, you don't know, do you? Um, but yeah, I think it'll. Uh, Maybe because of the 20th anniversary, and because it was sort of famous, as we talked about, ironically, on the SmackDown 6 show, you know, and obviously the situation, the history of Dominic and things in WWE, it could be that, you know, Ray and Dominic get the win, you know, celebrate its 20th anniversary in WWE. Um, so kind of the feel-good part of me is going for the Mysterios, the kind of fanboy side of me, but then again, this part of me what's saying from a current fan perspective because I'm a fan of them I would like the judgment day to kind of um to win because I'm a big fan of Damien Priest I've been a big fan of his for a long time and I'd like him to get a, a big win on an uh on a big show like SummerSlam I think he deserves a big win uh yeah uh Riddle against Seth Rollins um I think Seth absolutely needs this win because his Record, as we said on pay-per-views, has been horrendous. So I think, yeah, a good chance to give Seth a win. I don't think it would kill Riddle too much. I think Riddle's sort of got to that perfect sort of point, which can certainly get better. He's certainly, he's certainly, he's in a very good place, I think, Riddle, but Seth 100% needs this more. So I think a Seth win, um, yeah, that's really about it, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's definitely got to be in a, you know, Seth Rollins, um, Seth Rollins win, uh, sorry, a Seth Rollins win, I and mean, I don't think it will do any um, harm to um, to Riddle. I think um, it, you could definitely do a lot of things in terms of the way you play this out. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely has to be a, a Seth Rollins um, a Seth Rollins win after the twenty twenty two he's had so far. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm just trying to work out how much match to do next. Um, uh, we'll go for the United States Championship match: Bobby Lashley against Theory. Um, I think this was we praised this match a lot at Money in the Bank, so I think it'll be another good match. Um, but yeah, I think Bobby Lashley just wins because Theory knows he's got the briefcase. Um, there, I, I just think yeah, Bobby Lashley wins this. Yeah, I mean, I don't see any. Seems strange. This is one of those strange matches with like obviously Theory. I, I refer to him as Austin Theory just because I know. Yeah, no, Austin please do. We, we we always have a thing on the yeah. show. We would rather call them what we want them to be. Bloody <laughs> Austin called, Theory. So. You know, yeah, no, it's Austin no, Theory. No, um, but yeah, um, but yeah, like Austin Theory, um, I, um, I, it's one of those strange matches. What just seems, I don't know. But yeah, I think Bobby Lashley. There's no logic to Austin Theory winning this match. It's like it's Bobby Lashley who, you know, retains and then you know take it from there. I mean, obviously, I don't know what will happen post SummerSlam, but yeah, it would seem illogical for Theory to, you know, to win it. So yeah, Bobby Lashley. Uh, so a couple of. Um... 
sort of special matches, I suppose you call them. Uh, so the first one is um, Pat McAfee against Happy Corbin. Um, so we've seen the build of Corbin sort of, well, this has sort of been going on since, sort of, I think, Money in the Bank, I think, or just before. Uh, but yeah, um, looking forward to this, given that Pat McAfee, I loved his matches in NXT, great match at WrestleMania, arguably one of the star sort of points of the WrestleMania. Um, so yeah, no, I think, yeah, this is going to be a, another Pat McAfee win which I hope, because I never want to see Corbyn win ever, basically. But, yeah, uh, McAfee for me. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think Pat McAfee was great at, um, you know, WrestleMania and I, it, obviously, like we just mentioned, in NXT. So, yeah, I would, uh, you know, like him to get the win again at, you know, at SummerSlam. I think it'd be a, just a another feel-good moment. And just, um, I do, unlike you, you know, I have got, a, I, have, I do like him. Um, you know, happy carving in a strange way, but I feel like yeah. it's Pat McAfee who's got to get the win, unfortunately. Yeah, no comment. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, um, yeah, other sort of special matches, I'm calling it special, I don't really know why, but Logan Paul against The Miz now. Logan Paul has impressed people, you know, so I thought it was, yeah, this is, this match I think makes a bit of sense, to be fair. I think, um, it's probably one of the better builds out of most. Um, obviously we saw them team together against the Mysterios at WrestleMania which they won Miz then attacked Logan Paul at the end um, Logan Paul since had actually signed a, a full time well, an, an actual contract with WWE so we'll be seeing a lot more of Logan Paul going forward um, I mean he's a star he'll get sort of a, he'll get eyes on the product he'll get potentially new fans involved he'll get bums on seats I suspect and, uh, there so yeah I think this and I think Logan Paul yeah, we'll get. I think should and will get the win. Yeah, I think um, you know definitely Logan Paul would be a logical choice given you know his like you said bringing fans in and you know just the situation with um, the Miz and whether you know it could be that this is the end of the feud or you know we know how the sort of pay per view calendar pans out with different shows so it could be that it leads into something else later in the year but yeah I think it'll definitely be. Um, you know, a win for, for Logan Paul with the, with the, well, sorry, against the Miz. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, um, women's, um, yeah, the women's, uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match, uh, Liv Morgan def- uh, defends against Ronda Rousey. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit stuck with this one, um, because I think, yeah, I don't want to see Liv drop the belt already, but I just can't get behind her beating Rousey. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a bit stuck with this one. I, I, I think for, I think what might happen is we might get some sort of shenanigans or an interference potentially from a returning Charlotte Flair who might screw Ronda, uh, Bear who inj- well, obviously who did injure her. Yeah, I think I want to go for Liv retaining, but it's through shenanigans. Um, they're yeah. not saying Liv's going to turn heel or anything like that, but I think, yeah, Liv wins, but, it's more to set up a feud between Ronda and someone else. Maybe Charlotte, maybe even Bailey. She's apparently yeah. fully fit to come back. So yeah, I think I think there's something uh, with um, Charlotte um, Flair or um, another female um, wrestler. I, I don't really see how it could, you know, go in the favour of. I mean, Liv Morgan might surprise us, and it might be that she wins, you know, cleanly. But then again, I think there's going to be some sort of, um, you know. As they refer to it, schmoz, you know, <laughs> like, uh, I think something, I think something's gonna happen which then, uh, means that, uh, Ronda Rousey doesn't win the belt essentially. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna go with 
Liv Morgan through shenanigans as with you, as you have. Uh, the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair against Becky Lynch, I think, yeah. For me, uh, Bianca Belair retains. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Bianca Belair has to, you know, retain the belt. I think, again, it, it's one of those things where, you know, it just would be um, counterproductive to take the belt off Bianca with, you know, the way things are. So, yeah, definitely, yeah. You know, Bianca Belair to, uh, to retain. So then we've got the Usos versus the Street Profits for the Undisputed Tag Team Championship uh, with Jeff Jarrett as a special guest referee. Um, obviously, the first match at Money in the Bank was one of the best tag team matches in WWE I've seen for a while. Uh, it's hard to really get that excited after just talking about the uh, yeah. FTR versus the Briscoe Brothers, uh, but I'm sure this will be great. Um I like the weird touch of Jeff Jarrett as the referee. Um, yep, so um, I've got no no complaints with that. Um, but yeah, I think I was hoping more. I think my expectations were not really for a special guest referee match, but more for sort of a, after the money I was hoping for maybe like even like a ladder match or something. But but no, this will do. Um, but I think yeah, um, I think it will be. I want to say I'd like the Street Profits to win because I was kind I kind of would like to start maybe seeing the. Yeah, I think I would like the Street Profits to win, but I fear that we're going... Mind you, this was... There was talk that maybe they, there's talk of Montez Ford turning around Joe Dawkins, but with this whole new creative shift, that might be a different point of view. So I'm going to go for um, Uso's win. No, in fact, no, I'm going to go for Street Profits because I just really want them to win. So Street Profits for me. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I, want the, um, I want the Street Profits to, uh, to win as well. I think they've just got a lot of... Um, you know, I think they're just at the time where they, you know, have a lot of fan. They're just in a great place in terms of, you know, charisma at the moment, and just really on a great thing. And I just think it would be, again, another team who've worked hard and deserve to, you know, have a have a big win at, um, you know, at SummerSlam and another big win at SummerSlam. You know, I think it would be great as well with the, um, you know. Uh, from the Usos as well, you know, because obviously the Usos are such as kind of staple now with, you know, the tag team division. I think it would be, with this new creative shift and everything, it might be a great, um, you know, sort of change for them. But then again, you know, it could be that they'll keep them with uh, Jimmy and uh, Jimmy and Jay. But I would like the Street Profits to win, though. I think it's the kind of time for a change, I think. I think it's time for a change. And the main event we've got, uh, well, apparently, I don't believe this for a second, but a last man, well, a last time ever match between Roman Reigns <laughs> and Brock Lesnar, uh, which is the last man standing match for the um, uh, the Undisputed Championship. Um, yeah, I mean, I know the original plan, I know that, again, this can't be helped, but I think the original plans were for it to be Reigns versus Randy Orton for SummerSlam. Um but Randy Orton, as we know, his injuries a bit, well, he's going to be out for longer than planned. Um, so Brock was kind of drafted in to, well, fill the hole. But yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a Reigns win again. Um, and like I say, I don't want to dismiss this too much because whenever they do wrestle, it is great. It is good matches, especially that WrestleMania 31 match, the first ever time it was great. But again, it's more just the, the bigger pictures that, oh, it's just these, to again it's like another main event of a major show where it's these two closing out where you just sort of become a bit sort of sick inside of it but yeah I think it'll be Reigns retaining because I, yeah. I, only because I think it will drop it to Drew at Clash of, Clash of the um, Clash at the Castle yeah I agree I was going to say I think that definitely Clash of the Castle having him and the 
sort of implications on this uh, particular show and it would you know but then again you know Brock could drop it to Drew Galloway you yeah. know, and that'd be exciting as well I, I, w- I might even like that a bit more to be fair um, just as we were talking, I was curious because I seem to remember a previous SummerSlam which was main evented by Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, and it was 2018 which was main evented by the two of them. So four years later, we've got them once again, as well as the hundreds of other main events they've main evented over the past uh, however many shows they may have been wrestling to one another. And as we said, last man ever standing match. Where I'll see, you know, I'll wait to see that if that does happen. Um, but um, yeah, I think I. It's interesting. I, I kind of. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with Roman Reigns, but part of me would like to see Brock Lesnar versus Drew Galloway. Um, class. Uh, sorry. Uh, 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 Clash at the Castle. Sorry, but yeah, I think it's going to be Roman Reigns because, because again, kind of with my booking head on, which I wouldn't really want to have, but you know, the amount of fans who there are definitely going to be more fans who are going to go and want to see Roman Reigns more than Brock Lesnar, and it would just be counterproductive. So, yeah, Roman Reigns to retain against um, against Brock Lesnar, then leading into uh, Clash at the Castle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, fingers crossed, hopefully it will be. Hopefully it will um, be a good show. Like I say, we are in this new era, as we say. I mean, I did catch Raw um, earlier on today. Uh, we'll catch up with bits of it, and... It did look like we are sort of, oh, it's going to take a while, but we are under the new regime of Triple H. And again, it was, it was more positives than negatives. Uh, I'm not going to act like everything's changed overnight. We know it's not going to, but hopefully this will be a start of pay-per-views going forward and we get off to a, a good start. That's all we can hope for. And as I say, fingers crossed that we do. Um, yeah, it is the start of a, a, of a good new era. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, all, all change, you know, and uh, a change is as good as a rest, as they say. <laughs> so we'll see whether and WWE never rests. So no. change is the best thing. So, uh, uh, so yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. Absolutely. Well, that's all. Everything from me. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to um, to add before we go? No, nothing at all. Um, just you know, just hope everyone goes and uh, you know, if they get chance, watches uh, Death Before Dishonor. And um, you know, hope everyone enjoys. SummerSlam and we'll just all wait and see as I just mentioned as we just said you know hope everyone sort of keeps an eye on WWE because it seems like there's some exciting things you know to come absolutely and uh, yeah well that's it from us this evening uh, as I say we've got loads more um, coming out loads more content coming out over the next uh, well next month uh, obviously we've got the SummerSlam review next week uh, which I hope will be, uh, which I hope will be a fantastic review, uh, depending on how the show goes. And, uh, and as I say, loads more interviews coming out as well. And hopefully, as I say, m- more positive podcasts coming out as well with uh, this new Triple H era. So it's um, good night from me. And it's good night from me. And we will see you soon.